Ricky. Yes. Did you know that support for the Social Suplex Podcast Network is brought to you by Manscaped? I did, but do our fans know? Well, if they don't, then they should know that these guys at manscaped.com are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I know that the fans, are some might be hearing this for the first time, but what are your thoughts on that? Well... Given that we were given, sorry, we were given um, samples of it, we were given a box, courtesy of Manscaped, and I know you've used it, and I've now used it, and it was pretty damn good. Um, no nicks, no nothing, everything is perfect down there. Considering you're a man who is very particular when it comes to his grooming, you'll be glad to know yes. that Manscaped obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I'm sure that's... Uh, a mission statement close to your heart? It is, it is. I, I like to take care of myself, and Manscaped are, are giving me a tool in order to do that. A tool for your tool? A tool to take care of my tool, yes. And what our listeners will be over the moon to hear is, if you were to get one of these at manscaped.com and put in the, the code SUPLEX at checkout, you'll get 20% off and free shipping of such yep. a tool. <laughs> at the end of the day, like you know, twenty percent off, and the fact that the product is so damn good, and it's a no-brainer, really. It, it is like you don't want to be using normal razors, etc. This is designed for this purpose. That is. Um, and one of the good things about it is that you can actually use it in the shower. And you can, you can use it in the shower. You can use it in the dark. The lawnmower three point oh, uh, it's got a. Quiet stroke technology at over seven thousand revs per minute. It's just it's a it's like see if you were doing some sort of top ten or the best ever pay per view or something like that. This would be the main event. Well, and, and, right. So forget all these uh, design features we're telling you about. See at the end of the day, like does it do the job or you want it to do? It does it extremely fucking well, and there's no issues. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, it might cut, etc. It's it's flawless. So you know. You can talk about the revs, you can talk about how you can do it in the shower, etc, etc, but the bottom line is, you get an awesome result out of it, and that's what you're wanting. So, with manscapes.com, trim that junk of yours, because your balls will thank you. As well, your partner. Or partners. Exactly. Hopefully multiple partners, right. but, you know. Right, on to the show. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm by my... We've got a nice special episode lined up tonight, so we've brought in someone from the Social Suplex Alumni, Shall Impact Podcast, one half of the Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast. They're a 
the three best things to ever come out of Oklahoma are JR, Bill Goldberg and a musical. But uh, Caleb Bollywood, thanks very much for joining us tonight. It's good to have you on. It's great to be on, man. Uh, what, the last time I was on, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. Man, a lot's happened since then. And I've had to, some GD, too, that I've had to, you know, overcome since then. I mean, it's terrible. The Niners lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we're off to a tasteful start already, I see. Fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Two weeks we have been doing a best ever pay-per-view series um, where people people that we and eventually the listeners put together their best card from the main roster. Um, so you're talking about world titles, IC title, you know the whole score. Best ever pay-per-view that you can possibly create using matches that have already happened. And this time we're going to go something that I'm sure quite a lot of us will be very interested in listening to and eventually joining in with later on. We're going to be doing the best ever NXT TakeOver. It's quite fit. Uh, NXT announced that it will be their 30th ever TakeOver before SummerSlam. Uh, so that will be NXT TakeOver Triple X in association with Vin Diesel. So, I don't know. Is, is anyone desperate to go first? Are they that confident with their card that they want to go first? Or will, well, I, ex- will I explain the rules first? Or Here's the thing. Like, yeah, I definitely explain the rules, but like, there are so many wrong answers here, but there are also no wrong answers at the same time. There's there's an embarrassment of riches with NXT TakeOver, but the biggest problem anyone will have is how to properly order the show. Yes. It's all about the flow. So mm-hmm. the rules are six matches. Because recently with the introduction of the North American title, we have been getting six matches at the takeovers. So the rules are you've got to make sure you don't pick the same wrestler twice. And you have an NXT title match, a women's title match, a tag title match, a North American title match, and two random matches in between. So it can be a grudge match, a blood feud, a curtain jerker that took your fancy, uh, perhaps even a certain titles from other NXTs that I won't give too much away, I'm sure some of us might have something like that and if not in this episode then the next one um, so six matches in all, four four titles and two random ones so who wants to go first? Caleb do you want to go since you're the guest? You know, I will gladly take that invitation to uh, get us started so you want me to just start running through them? Go for it so All right. Give, so us, give us your feelings and your your justifications. Absolutely, absolutely. So, to open this best takeover ever, we'll call it uh, NXT Takeover, the Ultimate Wash because the final <laughs> wash, you know. Whatever. Anyway, opening person uh, for the NXT Tag Team Championship, I have the Revival against American Alpha from Takeover Dallas. Mm. And this may not be the best. This is definitely not the best tag team match in NXT history. But the other guys in the other match are going to be on the card later. So I had to I had to figure out something. But that you know that that being said, this match was still very very good. And again, just being there live, seeing the title win in person, that's why this match went on my list. Right, I remember. Obviously, 2016, yeah? Yes, yeah. That was 
frankly, a ridiculous year for the revival in general, but the tag team championship matches uh, in that year. And there might be other ones on that year which are better, but I can't argue with that one. That was that was a great match on a great, a quite an underrated pay per view, to be honest. Ricky. Um, yeah, I agree. I love the American Alpha and um, revival stuff. Uh, I can't remember was this. I don't know if this was that match, but where kind of they were. They were both in a submission. The revival were both in a submission at the same time. They're kind of like trying to stop one another from tapping out and stuff. That was a different no, one. That, yeah, that was the DIY tag match in November of that year. Right. Yeah. No. But even stuff like I said, this for me, the when I think of great NXT tag team wrestling, I think these two teams are probably at the top of the list. Um, like I know undisputed era and. DIY undisputed era and Mustache Mountain, um, fuck undisputed era, undisputed era against just about anyone they face. Really, you can talk about, but like I said, but I think when you talk about tag teams that have graced the NXT ring, like for me, these two are at the very, very top of it. Um, it's prop like, uh, and I think when you just sit and think about it, like how great American Alpha could have actually been. I know, um, I know. Obviously, they went. Jason Jordan went um, the singles route, but obviously no one could have predicted the the injury. And Revival were just kind of horrible booked ever since they got into the quote unquote main roster. But yeah, like these two for me are the are the, are the top of the mountain when it comes to NXT tag teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after that, I wanted because I looked at my card and I have a lot of faces going over. So I thought, okay, when do I want to put the heel going over on? And this is where I went with. From TakeOver New York for the NXT United Kingdom Championship, or the WWE United Kingdom Championship, Walter against Pete Dunne. Or or Walter, pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was this was interesting to see because, you know, you, you'd had Pete Dunne as NXT cha- or UK champion for nearly two years at the time and just to see him just get manhandled it was it was shell it was a it would put you in a state of shell shock if you didn't know any better mm-hmm. Ricky that's um, one of your favourite matches ever is it not? no it's not my favourite match ever but I think it's for me I remember that and I say that was by far the best match of Wrestlemania weekend and there was a there was a fair there was a couple of real 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 good matches that weekend um I absolutely love that. We obviously got to watch the rematch in Glasgow, um, like about a month or so later, mm-hmm. if it was. Um, yeah, well, that's a great pick. I was close to going with that pick, but I couldn't because I had Pete done a different match. Um, but yeah, that's one of the absolute very best. I think not just NXT UK matches, but NXT matches. Period. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that stands up against just about everything you've seen in NXT. There were, there were two. Moments in the, that match that sort of summed up both of the performance at their best. It was when Pete Dunne, he's all about his character work, and there was a bit where I think he might have hit the bitter end. And Walter, Walter kicked out, and Pete Dunne just started like getting angry and punching Walter in the head while Walter had kicked out. And just, just the frustration in Pete Dunne's face, this was his biggest challenge to date. It had that there was quite a few UK title challenges on NXT UK. You had the Blackpool takeover against Joe Coffey. The challenges were getting harder and harder for him, and for it to culminate in this, where it was just too much for for him to deal with, and Volta, 
with that power bomb off the top rope, and it just looked. I would have. I know Pete Dunne's a small guy, but I would have accepted if the ring collapsed after that because that was a monstrous power bomb, and then the frog splash after that. It was just crazy. It was like King Kong falling off of the Empire State Building. It was just that stunning, yeah. stunning visual. And as much as I loved Pete Dunne's title reign, it was I had no wishes with who went over at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, an, that's the biggest reason it was put on my card is because, you know, like I said, you'd had this reign built up for nearly two years and then you see that switch and it's just momentous, you know? Mm-hmm. So what's next? Next up for the North American Championship, we are going to, I believe, only the second ever, and I could be wrong, but the second ever five-star match in NXT history. We were talking about for the vacant North American Championship, EC3, Adam Cole, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Killian Dane, and Lars Sullivan in a ladder match. Anything, like, it's one of those ones, do you need to say anything else? That That's the thing, I don't think I do, no. Ricky. Um, I can't say anything else because that's my pick of an North American title match. Um, <laughs> I, for me, I think like there was a couple of like absolute iconic moments. Like, it was uh, that was obviously Ricochet's debut, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was like, a, such a big deal when he came down. Um, and I absolutely loved Adam Cole and EC3 kind of teaming up, and then EC3 doing the Adam Cole baby chant, but EC3. Yeah. Cole kind of turns it around and then he hits that absolute ridiculous um, super kick on Ricochet as he's coming flying off the top rope as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, great match, great, great, great match. See that I was really close to going with Ricochet versus Adam Cole from Brooklyn Four, which was just a few months later that year. But I, the biggest like that ladder match was just so amazing, and that that's what took it over the top for me was the ladder match stipulation. From what I remember, like I even remember, like the two big guys looking like they were looked to look really strong and really good in it as well. Yes, one of them, Killian Dane, like really that I was, I was that was one of the few times I've been like thoroughly impressed with Lars Sullivan in the ring. I've heard he's got pretty good pain tolerance too, but um... <laughs> pardon me. Um, uh... Next up, see, see with that. In fact, I'll keep my comments for the... Since it's Ricky's pick, I'll wait to speak about the NA title match, that ladder match, when it's his turn. So on you go with your next pick. All right, thank you. Um, (laughs) Next up for the NXT Women's Championship, we've got... I I mean, is there really a second choice here? I'm going with uh, Sasha Banks versus Bayley from Brooklyn. Yep. See, even if there is a couple of other choices, I don't think they'll be out with 2015 to be honest with you. There might yeah. be a few Asuka fans in there. Fair enough, some Shayna Baszler matches that tickled the fancy, but 20, every single takeover in 2015, you had the Fatal 4-Way at the start, Becky and mm-hmm. Sasha, which is a like an outside choice, and I'm heavily considering it myself. The But the Iron Woman match was good, very good, but can you look anywhere else apart from the Brooklyn match? Just yeah. perfect, perfect from start to finish. Yeah. I will say I was close on going with their Iron Woman match from just a couple months later. Um, I actually just watched that this morning because my nieces were over and they 
really wanted to see a women's wrestling match, so we got we watched that one. Yeah, well, that's pretty, you can't get any better than that. Yeah, they were. Uh, by the way, they were very appalled when Sasha took Izzy's headband. That was <laughs> disgusting. I remember this was back in the time when, well before USA TV deal had happened. So when it came to a week or two or three before the takeovers, they would start putting the hype packages on the the episodes. And mm-hmm. the hype package for the Sasha Bailey rematch, that got me pumped every single time. Uh, and I remember there was a... When William Regal had come out to say there was going to be a rematch and there was utter silence in the full sale crowd because I think they knew about the spoilers or something. They were just waiting for Regal to say main event, Iron Man match, Iron Woman mm-hmm. match, and the place erupted. And it was just such a... like It's up there for me personally with one of the best hype promos... Uh, hype videos and the match was great because there was already that added in story there but for moments on their own Brooklyn probably pips it but only just I would say Ricky yeah this is also my pick so just <laughs> echoing everything you both have said I think that's one of the best women matches um, you'll see um, and it was like I said the, the, the story and the arc of it it was just it was Excellent, um, Sasha. Even Sasha's entrance was awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about the match, um, you know, was beautiful. Um, like Bailey's crowning moment in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, like a great, great journey. Um, yeah, like yeah, awesome. Like you can't. Like, I'd be. I think there's maybe one or two you could possibly go. I think you can maybe go ask an Ember Moon, but I think you know, like general consensus is that this is probably the greatest NXT women's match of all time. Yeah, and one one more thing about the Sasha and Bailey match, because sometimes the crowd will, uh, they'll find, they'll figure out the score, like when they realize like, oh hey, like our, our person's winning, they'll just get really excited. Um, when Bailey clinched, uh, caught and clinched Sasha for the Bailey to belly, the place erupted. Mm-hmm. And there was okay. a bit, was it, was it Sasha? No. And there was a submission exchange between the two of them, and I think maybe Bailey had reversed this, the bank statement yeah, into yeah, her Bailey, own sort but, of crossface, uh, mm-hmm. and the place had up to then as well. And I think there was a Absolutely. bit where Sasha had been stamping on Bailey's already broken fingers because that was a thing yeah. she'd broken her fingers. She'd had a feud off and on with Emma leading up to her push. So it was a nice callback there. It was just Sasha was on form. Sasha in 2015 was an absolute joy. So uh, I want to watch that one again. Yeah. All right, next up, and I mentioned it, I believe, off the air, Mm -hmm. and probably also on the air. Um, My biggest problem was going to be how to order these matches. And my semi-main could also be be in the spot of my main. I'm going with from also from Takeover New Orleans, which was the only takeover to have two matches on this card. In a blood feud, unsanctioned for Johnny Gargano's job, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. And I love details and small details in wrestling. And uh, I'll give you an example. Drake Wirtz, uh, he wasn't wearing the traditional pinstripe referee shirt because this was unsanctioned. He was wearing a, like a black polo with the NXT emblem. That's the first thing I noticed from this match. He was also wearing a probably a MAGA cap as well, knowing his <laughs> recent t- tweets. He may he may have been he may have been as well. <laughs> <laughs> but 
so much about this. Like we talk about callbacks all the time and <sighs> Champa at one point, he just looks defeated, but like he doesn't want to fight anymore. Gargano, he probably doesn't want to fight anymore either. And he kind of figures out like, okay, you know, whatever, we'll give this a chance. But if Champa tries anything, we got him. Of course, Champa tries to swing his, uh, his knee brace at uh, Gargano. It doesn't quite work out. And uh, the thing of beauty, thing of beauty for sure. Watching watching Ciampa tap out with the knee brace, ra- knee brace wrapped around his head. Oh, and one more spot that I really love. There was a powerbomb bump to the floor, to the exposed floor, that immediately gets a you deserve it chant. Like, that's when you know you have heat. Uh-huh. The, see, there was a couple of spots in that match. And it was like the whole storyline stuff, the callback to the Cruiserweight Classic when they both sat down. I really loved that. But there were two moves that you don't really see that often. First one was a suplex off the off the commentary table onto the floor. I mean, usually they get suplexed onto the table or through it, but it's, it's rare that you see someone get suplexed off it, so that was quite a visual. And I might be getting uh, matches mixed up. This might have been in a, their street fight. So correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a bit where Tommaso Ciampa put Johnny Gargano through the commentary table without taking off the monitors and the the headphones and stuff. And when you think about it, that's what a heel would do. They wouldn't clear the table to make make it a safer yeah. landing. Just yeah. small things like that. That's one of the reasons that I love Ciampa so much. The small detail that he puts in. But uh, I I'm not I'm not surprised that this match is on. I think there's going to be these two New Orleans matches going to pop up now and again. What say you, Ricky? Yeah, I agree. Is this not the match for uh, Champa um, uh, with the wedding ring? No, that no. was that was a Chicago one. Mm-hmm. Ah, right, Either yeah. Chicago or or Brooklyn, the last man standing. Well, mm-hmm. this is also my pick. Um, <laughs> I was initially going to go Chicago, but I, I think this was the best match out of the three. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it tailed off or anything, but I think this was definitely the best match of three, and I think it was the most like um, hyped moment and most like anticipated moment um, because it has been what like eighteen months or something in the, in the making. Um, yeah, like unbelievable, really, really hard hit, and just exactly what you want in like a blood feud and like an unsanctioned match. Just, just two guys literally trying to kill one another, end each other's career. That's what you want in it. You're not after like pretty wrestling or anything you're just after two guys trying to legit murder one another for any regular listeners of the show you'll know that there's times when we've watched something and I have to text Ricky and say you need to watch this match now and it was actually the the Cruiserweight Classic match and it was the first time I'd seen the the powerbomb but it was like a lung buster where the powerbombs on the apron no it was when the powerbombs Gargano's back onto his knees Oh, right, yeah, I remember, and I remember I watched that coming home from work on a train in a in a in a ram pack, like standing up, <laughs> packed in like sardines, and I remember texting you and saying, "What the fuck? Like, what am I watching?" Like, <laughs> it was it was it was excellent. It's it has its detractors that feud, and I understand why, but the early days of it were fantastic. They really were. Oh, definitely, absolutely, absolutely. So again. Like I said, that could have been my main. But what I went with, I went through the traditional route, put the world title on last, and uh, 
you know, personal bias is very much a real thing. But that being said, I do feel this is probably the best told story in one single match that NXT has ever produced. This was when Sami Zayn put his career on the line against Adrian Neville for the NXT Championship at our evolution. Mm-hmm. It was back, and the weirdest thing about that show is the name. Oh, uh, the colon. Yes, because it's yes. R colon evolution. That was that was bizarre. Yeah, but I mean that being said, again, hosted my favorite NXT match ever. Again, personal bias is a very real thing. But you know, you for the past year you built up like, oh, Sami Zayn's good, but he's just not can't get to that next level. He doesn't have that killer instinct that you need. And and Neville said the exact same thing. And they tease a couple of times where Sami Zayn could have cheated, very nearly cheated. And uh, at one point, he gets the belt from Neville with the with the ref knocked down. He looks at the belt. He's about to use it. Then he says, F this, which, by the way, you're not going to see on the network or on DVD because they have had to edit the crap out of this. Because okay. Sami Zayn likes to curse a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, after he wins, too, he's, uh, he's yelling, like, I'm the F at NXT champ. And again... <laughs> crowd cuts too because you can't be showing that um yeah and again i told you i mentioned it before you know sometimes when the crowd knows like they're about to get their moment they'll just euphoria will wash over them mm-hmm. and when zane hits the haluva kick for that last time that one two three the place explodes man it may have only been 300 people but it, it may as well have been three million the i think that match has been forgotten about because because you've had your Adam Cole stuff, um, your Gargano matches, your Almas yeah. and stuff like that, but that's that should be on lists personally. Um, yeah. Sometimes NXT do Pro Wrestling One Hundred One. They had it with Rhea Ripley winning the title in December. They had it with Sasha Banks. There's been a couple of other occasions, and I think Sami Zayn and Neville was the first iteration of that where they just get yeah. it perfect. It, there's no fault in the match at all. There's no fault in the story, uh, who went over and how they went over. So it might be a spoiler as to what mine might be, might not. But s- s- super pick. Yeah, and one more thing: like you had your you had your awesome moves for the for the moves fans out there. Like mm-hmm. you had Sami Zayn doing that diving DDT through the between the middle and bottom rope. You have that in there too. I forgot all about that move. Just being and, off tail. And you took a Frankensteiner. That's right. right. And you don't see Frankensteiners all that often. The I forgot that his career was on the line as well. It was, yeah. This was actually, Ricky, this was my first ever time I'd ever seen NXT. So that's a nice way right. to start. And this obviously led to, he ultimately lost it to Owens. Was it like, was it like, Two months later. To, uh, I was going to say like six or so days later. Um, right, well, I may as well say it as well. This is also one. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a short episode. <laughs> we so didn't we coordinate. Have, we did not coordinate this, I we swear. We have four of the same six matches. Um, yeah, I would just echo everything you have said. Again, similar to Sasha and Bailey in the sense that like, the arc and the story where it took Bailey to finally over, get over the hump and she was like, we always say it's like the female version of John Cena. Well, Sami Zayn's also like an NXT equivalent to that. Where like great guy, good guy, 
as Caleb says, could have could have cheated his way but didn't. Um done it the the, the quote unquote the baby face way, the right way. And like I said, sometimes even when you anticipate a moment's about to happen, as Caleb says like euphoria still overcomes you and you still like I don't care if I knew that was going to happen, like you're still overjoyed with the moment. See, because I know freak freak occurrence that four of your matches equal each other, but I'm overjoyed to hear that Sami Zayn and Neville has got some love straight away in this wee series that we're doing. Because, as I say, there's recency bias. You've had Gargano Cole, you've had Gargano Almas, um, probably a couple of other ones off the top of my, that I can't remember off the top of my head, but. It's good that we've went back right into the NXT's archives and pulled out this belter. Well, if you put Caleb Baldwin on a podcast, you're going to get some Sami Zayn love. I don't fault it at all. I'm a big Sami Zayn fan myself as well. Did you see his tweet the other day? He congratulated Cesaro and Nakamura and said, congratulations guys, now we're all champions. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's a shame. I think we've seen the absolute very best of Sami. I think his shoulders we have are and, like shoulders slowly, are sl- yeah, slowly over time. Like a lot of his like quote unquote cool moves, or even moves that were just a part of his match to match repertoire, um, have become redundant now. Like that, as you say, is the the DDT. Um, like I can't remember the last time he won a match. It might have been was it? Might have been against AJ because I think I saw this when he won it with the the Blue Thunder Bomb. Like I said, so it is sad because I think there was a period where he was, I think, the top two or three wrestler in that company. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just a shame, like he says, he's he's, like he he should have been treated better, especially on the main roster. Um, But yeah, I think injuries have now just caught up with him, and unfortunately, I think we have seen the best of him. But when he was at his best, you know, like very few people. Well, near him, mm. and I include I include like his real life best friend and KO in that as well. Like I still think at their absolute best, I still think Sammy was that little bit better in ring wise anyway. Um, but I think also Sammy shown he's like a great baby face, but he was also little. We know how great of a heel he could become. I know that shocked me, not so much shocked me, just how easily he was able to do it because he was such a good baby face. Mm-hmm. So it's similar with Bailey, you know, like we didn't think we thought what the hell he's done here, but she's actually shown that she can play the heel character. I think it took her a bit of time to get there, though. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I think that's when you don't do something that maybe isn't as natural to you or something you've never really done before. Like you need to figure stuff out, like you know, iron out the kinks and stuff before you ultimately get uh-huh. to a point where you're like, right, I feel comfortable. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to work differently. I know what to do, etc. Because those first few months with Bailey as a heel were miserable, miserable days. Yeah. But now she's great fun. Mm. So this might end up a short episode, <laughs> but feel free <laughs> to add your own stuff. What I will say beforehand is there's going to be a couple of these episodes and we might do another poll again to see what listeners think is the best. And it might just be that the choice is chosen by people down to like one or two matches especially if so many of them cross over. I mean, that's going to be the case with these takeovers. We knew that before going in. So it's, you're basically looking at your any title matches or 
women's title matches and stuff like that. So it could be interesting to see how people differentiate. Yeah. I think I think you'll probably get a good idea of that when you be, when you compare mine and Caleb's cards because, like I said, there's only two different. Uh, we've got two different matches, yeah. um, and I think. And if we do put out to vote, like, see, at the end of the day, like, as Caleb says, was an embarrassing of riches. We're just never, ever going to have a bad pay-per-view here on NXT. Like, we just can't. Like, even even if you turn around and say, well, you take five of the... If you base on... Like, if you take the last, say, half dozen uh, takeovers and you say you take the worst match on every single take on those cards... And that's your pay-per-view. Well, you would still be like, do you know what? That was still a pretty solid enough pay-per-view. Like maybe not, maybe not like mind-blowing, but I think the what some of the like some of the uh, worst NXT takeover matches. And you're probably looking at like say like a, a three-star match, and it's like, well, yeah, it's nothing to write home about, but still solid matches. And you'd be like, well, that was a decent pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I, said, I think I think just in terms of quality of the cards, it's just like we thought the cards were amazing last week. Well, these cards are going to be ridiculously better. I know. You just beg for a, a playlist option on your network now to watch them in that order. Get the yeah. popcorn out for that. So, Ricky, I know you've, some of yours have been picked, but feel free to add to them and what your order is going to be as well. Yeah, so I did say... Uh, um, by the way, I'm going to keep popping on and off the screen because I've got it in my notes. Um, That's fine. I says I would make it up as I go along, so I'm going to open it up with the North American match, the six-man ladder match. Like I said, and, and we'll probably get through mine pretty quickly because um, you know I know Clive, you said you wanted to say something about this match, so I'll let you say it now. Right, see, recently how the network's been doing all these best ofs, uh, mm-hmm. and they put up a best of Adam Cole recently. So I, I started watching that. And they had the war game, the first war games match. I thought that's actually better than I remember. And then it was the the NA title match, and I was surprised because I didn't think it was as amazing as it was lauded at the time. So that might be a controversial choice. I think I don't. I wouldn't be picking it for my North American title match. It might be the best one we've had, but I think there are a couple of other ones that are better if you're just looking at single stuff and there's going to be one or two of those people that are in that match that I want to use elsewhere because I know I know now what my blood feud match will be it's, there was a lot of I don't know, it just felt as if it was quite plodding at times and I know that's really bizarre oh, really? Like, I know you're listening to me think, what the hell is he talking about but there was a lot of just walking about and then I can't really put into words how kind of almost non-plus I was watching it on repeat rewatch. Have you, have any of you watched it again recently? Not recently, but I know I've watched it a good couple of times. Right, you know, and I remember saying this actually at the time of the recording, and I kid you not. So if you went back and you, and I'm not, you don't need to go back, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that what I says at the time was I must have while watching it the next day. I must have watched that Adam Cole EC3 moment, like, I'm not joking, like, six, seven times in a row. Like, I watched it and I rewind it. Because when Adam Cole, on his Adam Cole baby and everyone joins in, like, my wife was sitting next to me. 
So, um, and, and and she was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Nothing." And I just, so I just, she might have done it a few times, and then she actually like looked up and goes, "Who is that guy?" Like everyone seems to love him, and I'm like, "Well, she doesn't have a clue." But if you asked her about wrestling, she would be like, "Oh, um, is Hulk Hogan fighting the Undertaker?" Well, well, in a Super Showdown card, maybe <laughs> or a Saudi card. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like that's her knowledge of wrestling. Um, so. And if someone who's not a wrestling fan can turn around and see, like, well, clearly the crowd loved this guy for a, a reason, well, there must be something about him. But I, I don't know, for me, there was a lot of, like, unique moments there. Um, like I said, I loved the EC3 and Adam Cole moment, Ricochet debuting. Um, a lot, like I said, Lars Sullivan, like, like I said, Lars Sullivan looked really good. I'm, I'm surprised at your analysis there, I really am. I don't know if it was timing because I'd just watched the. War Games, and I'm a big like that's probably my favourite match. The the modern version of the War Games that we've been seeing on takeovers recently, and I just love the format. I love the rules. I love the chaos at the end. So maybe that seeing the ladder match right after it when I'd already been wiped out with epic violence. I don't know. I'm probably being too harsh on it. Someone, someone tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't remember Dream too much in the match. <clears throat> not, no. Is that a fair assessment, or am I just have I just completely overlooked? He looked overlooked what he brought to the match. We're not allowed to talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he, he got cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> the dream. We have no memory of the dream. Uh, no, he did the massive elbow drop off the top of a very tall yeah, ladder. That's that's the only thing I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. There was a good bail off between, or a bail off between Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan. Um, but it was just see because you had two big guys in it in Lars Sullivan it was just there was a few imploding moments and it seemed as if it was a sort of struggle to get the eventual winner at the end I'm probably being harsh and people are listening thinking what the fuck is he talking about but that's my opinion I know I'm I'm nothing but surprises Caleb what are your thoughts on that, that hot take I mean I'm an American, so you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> right, I'm now struggling with the match order. I know what my last two or three are going to be. It's everything in between, huh? I don't know if I can go like back to back, like basically no DQ matches, can I? I don't think I can. Right, I mean, I, I went back to back career steps, so you can imagine. I know, but at least they were like wrestling matches, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. So I'm going. Right here we go. I'm going to go with the my tag title match, and it was actually from just this year. In my opinion, I think perhaps the best. Any, oh, I must obviously. If I'm putting this on. I think it, it's definitely in the top two anyway. NXT tag title matches. Or NXT tag match. Uh, I went for Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights from Portland. Really? Mm-hmm. I wanted to go and I thought and I was going to until I realised I couldn't because partly I don't know if it was a title, even if it was a title match but it was on NXT Normal. Remember it was Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think that was just they, a regular. That was just a, I don't think that was a title match. They did. Uh, they did a rematch on. I think it was Brooklyn three or four. Yeah. Right. You know, I think the TV match was actually the better of the two, in my opinion. But yeah, I went with Pete Dunn. Yeah, and it was the, the UK uh, tournament match as well. Yep. So I went, I went with that for my tag title match. Um, obviously, we knew like this was a that was part of the tournament. Um, you know, I was. De- I think me and Clive were both desperate for grizzled, grizzled young veterans to win it. Why? Um, and like Pete Dunn and uh, Matt Riddle kind of just get thrown together, but they worked. Like. Even even how they are like character wise, like it worked really really well. Um, I absolutely love this match. Yeah, mm. and I think I always say what well, specifically what I spoke about in my last pay per view thing was like, do these matches stand the test of time? Like I spoke about Bret Hart and Mister Perfect, and I think this will stand the test of time. And I think this measures up against any kind of tag match NXT has and probably will produce. Caleb, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, this... Man, uh, wrestling has been a blur for me in 2020, believe it or not. Um, But yeah, this match, I mean, I immediately, as soon as you said it, I remembered, like, yeah, I love the broser weights, and this match was awesome, and how many fish could Bobby Fish fry if Mm -hmm. Bobby Fish could fry fish? Um, (laughs) So, as someone who loves the broser weights, I certainly like that you included this one. Uh, It completely slipped my mind. I'm going to be truthful. It slipped my mind when I was making my list, but I do like that this was included. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I'm very surprised to see this make it, but you you really can't go wrong with an Undisputed Era tag team title match. There's a select few that are not as great as the others, and personally, my favourite tag team out of the four of them would be Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. But it's if you pick any Undisputed Era tag title match, I'm not going to fault it at all. I remember the Broserweights, their favourite match for me was against Mark Andrews or Mandrews and Flash Morgan Webster. On t- That's short list for TV match of the year for me, that one. Just unbelievable stuff, but... Surprised, but no, uh, I, I'm twisting the, the meme. I'm surprised, but not disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I'll move on. So I think, just to keep the suspense going, I will keep the one other match I've got different from Caleb, and I'll put that on second last. Okay. So next up, I'm going to go Sasha versus Bailey. Okay. Okay. But going, maybe we already spoke about it. The, like I say, the, the match, other match I did consider was Asuka and Ember Moon. Yeah. Um, couple of other ones I uh, thought about was um, the the Horsewoman's Fatal Four Way match. Um, oh, lovely, yeah, lovely. Like again, I think there's just there's absolutely. No explanation needed why me and Caleb are both going with uh, Sasha and Bailey here. No. And there's, uh, like Brian had said earlier, there's really no wrong answer if you picked anything from 2015 with the women. Yep. 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 
there was a Bailey and Nia Jax match at London that year, so. Oh yeah, there there is one wrong answer actually. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> that was my damn it. That's my random uh, match as well. <laughs> uh, so yep. So, so next up, I will just go with my blood feud being Champa Gargano uh, from New Orleans. Uh, Put this on fourth. <laughs> Listen to the disgust in the voice there. <laughs> yes, yes, because I I could have put it on second last, but I've intentionally just kept my second last match because I just wanted to keep the suspense going, and I would never put this match I would never put this match on last on this card because I'm a firm firm believer, as I've always said, the title match goes on last. Um, that classic unless, Triple H philosophy. Unless unless the situation really calls for it. Um, and th- th- this match closed, or was it the Chicago match that closed? I can't remember which one closed. Gargano and Champa they closed every takeover they were on, right? Together. So I say I suppose you could factor that into being exceptional circumstances, but yeah, for me, no, my title match goes on last. So I'll move on. This is my yeah. random other match: NXT UK title match. Before I name it. I was awful tempted to go Sami Zayn and Nakamura. Oh. Yeah. Awful tempted. Um, I joked with Rance the other night. I was like, like Nakamura's only good match ever in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going Walter and Tyler Bate from Cardiff. Amazing. Oh, right, okay. I can't remember if I preferred this match or the Pete Dunne match. But if I'm honest, I think I don't. I even at the time, I'm not sure what I say. And even now, when I think about it, I can't tell you which one my favourite is. I think if I think if I had to, I might lean towards this one. But you're really talking about, you know, like who was the best quarterback in the NFL when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were at their absolute peak of their powers? You know, like it's there isn't a right and wrong answer there. Um, I mean, the right answer was Brady, but anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I'll go with this one. Um, I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. I th- there was a moment in it where I was a bit like I was. I can't remember which moment, but I remember it was towards the end, and I was like, uh, "Like, mm, do we need to see that? It's a bit over the top. It maybe went on a few minutes too long, but you know, I think I'm just kind of really just trying to, you know, um." I'm um, what's he saying like nitpicking here like you know making mountains of mohill like I thought it was just a fucking flawless flawless match in my opinion I forgot that we were going to add UK takeovers as well so it was nice to nice to see that on um, like you I'm, I think I prefer the Pete Dunne match but well I don't know if it's like you but I prefer the Pete Dunne match but that's just because I'm a Pete Dunne mark um, so there is bias there since we're a fan of bias on the show here a wee bit long but it was an epic belter I can't really fault it again another another solid pick Caleb your thoughts Um, this reminded me of any match Walter would have with David Starr except unlike David Starr Tyler Bate isn't a complete phony so yes. <laughs> I'm glad this was included <laughs> Tyler Bate's just a bit horny and likes married women, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yes, yeah, a bit, um, a bit frisky, as it were. And as David Styles, just a monster. 
Mm-hmm. He's just, yeah, he's just a piece of shit. I mean, if you yeah. want, we can veer off from this and just start, give, uh, just can have a segment where we just give David Star shit. I, I don't mind that. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh gee, we could be here uh, for hours. <laughs> yes, we could. Um, right, title match always closes on my interviews, and it's the same as Caleb's. Yep. Sami Zayn versus mm-hmm. Neville. I'm not going to lie. When Caleb said this, I was kind of disappointed. Um, oh, because, because you wanted to drop the bomb. I get yes, because I was kind of like, I need one or two matches that people are going to be like, oh my god, I forgot like how great that was. Or like, not try to be like niche or kind of like different, but like I think that's what some of my like I went with Bret Hart and uh, Mister Perfect, and I don't know if anyone else had that. And I was a bit like, mm, that's like maybe that will like people suddenly remember that match, and you know. But like I said, I was hoping. No one would say this match, but you know, like we spoke about it extensively. Great, great match. Like yeah. this is this is one, uh, and I, I've said it before. And I'm going to keep saying it. It stands the test of time. It's mm-hmm. it's up oh, yes. there with with like the other great. It's up there with uh, Finn versus um Finn versus KO. Um, like that one they had out in what was that? Was it when they had out in Japan? I can't remember the name of the takeover, but that was called. East East. Sure that was called. Yes. Um, you know, alongside like all these great Adam Cole and Gargano matches and etc. So this is still, you know, like one of the absolute best, not just NXT title matches, but one of the best NXT matches you'll probably you will mm-hmm. you would have seen. And not only that, the thing that the reason I took this over some of the more recent matches, whether it was Cole Gargano, Gargano Champa, whatever the case may be, even Gargano Almas, which I loved, um, those matches always felt a little finisher kick outy to me. Like you're kicking out of too much here. Whereas Zayn and Neville, nobody kicked out of a finisher. Someone might've grabbed a rope, but nobody kicked out of a finisher. These moves were very well protected. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's my, one of my big bugbears with wrestling that what you mm-hmm. literally just said, um, mm-hmm. in certain like, moments and fi- matches, people for example, kick out. Like the the angle slam before TNA, the angle slam was pretty much revered, and then he spends like a decade in TNA, letting everyone and their brother kick out of it, and it's just like, yeah. eh, you know, not not what it was, you know. And now it's a it, it, it's a transition it, it, move for Roderick Strong. Yeah, and like there's certain, and even even a super kick, you know, how that's just become just part of people's arsenal now. Mm-hmm. Even like like I hated it when I saw people kicking out of the tombstone. Yeah. Very rarely should that have happened. Like when when Shawn Michaels kicked out of it at WrestleMania, you're like, okay, I, I don't have an issue with that because even oh, Hater dude. sold it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, like I've just always had an issue with um, uh, people, you know, um, uh, like kicking out of big time finishers and yeah, that, like remember how long. When Brock ultimately was just putting people away with just one F five, well, so he should, like, so he fucking should. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 the most devastating wrestler. Like, the, the most like, and I don't really care. I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I don't give a shit what anyone says, right? And I know a couple of people out there will agree with me. And I know Josh has the same belief that Brock's one of the absolute fucking best wrestlers we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people forget just how great he was in his first run and even now like I still maintain and I think he is if not the best 
than one of the top like best one of the top like three or five best uh, sellers in the world. But he sells really, really well. Um, so yeah, sorry, just went off off there, but yeah, finishers have to be, to be protected more, and it's just yeah, but you can't just let that become just another move, you know. And yeah, like yeah, no. No, I mean, my blood boils every time Adam Cole hits a Canadian destroyer for a near fall. <laughs> oh, I did again, that's just amazing. another, another fucking in. And, and I know people probably thought the the super kick was was like a young bucks dig. Well, the Usos also fucking use it like every opportunity they get, mm-hmm. and, and we love the Usos. But yeah. talking about the Canadian destroyer, that one we saw last week, and that. Um, uh, the tag team match with the Bucks and Luchasaurus, um, Jungle Boy, that 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 spot was fucking horrific, horrific. I, I didn't mind I that one. Spoke... Sorry, I didn't mind that one. It was the Good. week before. The one the week before, I thought, what's they're just the the somersault thing onto the heads. The other ones, like you could have crushed someone's head doing that. Two heads. No. Do you know my problem with the the Canadian destroyer from the top rope was mm. not that you'd done it because the fact that you'd done it, I'm like, Jesus man, like, like you just you're you're just so impressed every single week. But it's a fact that was it. It was Nick or was it Matt? I can't remember. I think it was. I think was it. I can't remember who took the body move now. I think it was uh, Nick that, or Matt that took it. And Nick is holding like them steady as they're getting up to the top rope and I'm like what the fuck are you doing like yes we're trying to make sure it goes okay and we're trying to be safe but what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like like seriously like we're not that daft we see it happening you're actually yeah. physically holding your partner yeah. in place and it's like gee like wrestling's like that's, real isn't it that's almost as insulting as like when Del Rio had the foot stomp gimmick and uh Wrestlers would hold the ropes up as oh, they are supposed to be. That like, was terrible. Down. That was so bad. Yes. And I think in the yes. the last woman standing match, Mike Kyoda was holding on to Becky Lynch so she could powerbomb Charlotte without falling. At the end, yeah, uh, gotta remember that actually. I know, Couldn't like, that. like you guys are in your thirties. I'm in my twenties, and this sounds like really old man yelling at Cloud, but like. This energy needs to be released and exercised from me. That's all. Oh, definitely. Like we've been kind of positive, but there's just some things that just need to be called out. And it doesn't matter if it's NXT or WWE or AEW. When something looks like shit, you just need yeah. to say, "Cause and if you be like that shit." If you want to get these hot moves out, do them on the outside, so that way I won't feel so insulted if someone kicks out. Mm-hmm. Yep. The I'm. I know a lot of people are getting sick of them, but I do. I love a Canadian destroyer. I can't get enough of them. And Look, the, the Jurassic Williams Express only one, had like one guy ever kick out of I the know. thing. The Jurassic Express one. I know there was a lot of setup, and I can't remember how the pin was broken after it. If it was, I just I just enjoyed the visual of it. But the one the week before with Pentagon doing it, I thought, or oh, Phoenix, that's just a mess. That's not. I'll show you a good one. Uh, I'll send it to y'all on Twitter. Uh, Trey Miguel did one this weekend at Slammiversary that was amazing. Right. Yeah. One thing that it was just, funny about the Jurassic, sorry, Ex- the Jurassic Express one was that the people, I think it was Luchasaurus, and 
Marco Stunt, they fell, even though they were outside on the ramp. It's like, why did you fall? Anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, since we're pretty much done and we're moving on to quiz, uh, Caleb mentioned Slammiversary. Were you disappointed at all, Caleb? Me, personally? Yeah. Uh no, initially with the reveal of who the mystery opponent or opponents were in the in the main event, I was, but then I was able to reconcile when the guy who I wanted to show up, EC3, actually did show up at the end. But the, the show was great. Um, doing the empty arena thing, even with no plants, like it's kind of hard, but Impact does it about as best as you can, all things considered. Yep. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, they, yes. they may only be 38 and 37, but... They're really old in wrestling years, but they haven't lost a step. Mm-hmm. That scene them um, just took me back to like mid thousands or you know when when TNA at the time was just at its absolute was just at its absolute best. Like uh, they were they were awesome. I love mm-hmm. seeing them. Um, you know, my only issue is this is just a general kind of issue, and I can get why you would do it. I, I get it. I would have kept the Good Brothers. I know it was kind of like everyone knew of it. Mm-hmm. I would have just kept it quiet. Like I'm, this is where I'm. I'm so different. This is where I'm like I don't, I don't think about ratings and and and, and to drum up more interest because I'm like no, just surprise me, just surprise me. You know, like so I get why you would announce people beforehand, but I love the element of surprise. Well, you can blame. And I would have loved to have kept that as a surprise, but that says that I understand why you would do stuff like that. You can blame our pal Gary Cassidy for that one because it was him that broke the exclusive. It broke it, yep. <laughs> um, and also, and it's been kind of divisive, but for from me personally, if you can find a way to watch the North against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan from this weekend, absolutely do it. I was very much thoroughly entertained. I will hold my hands up. I wasn't a big fan of Sammy Callahan until he sta- until we saw him at. ICW's version of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and yeah. I was thoroughly entertained with him. He's good he's good to hate live. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a classic dirty bastard. Yeah, yes. he, he really gets the crowd against him, uh, gets him invested, so fair play to him. So, I think that gives us to a natural conclusion, just to sort of run those pay-per-views by you again, Caleb's first. You but you don't, you don't want to talk about eye for an eye. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? See, it was just like it was like a re- the finish was always going to be shit. So you know, I think no matter what they produced, people were still going to be like, "That was fucking terrible." Because the match itself was pretty decent, but like I said, it could have been the greatest wrestling match ever. But it wouldn't have mattered because the finish was always going to be like that guy just lost quote unquote lost his eye. I I enjoyed the match part of it. Apart from the actual finish. I was uh, I had to laugh at Seth Rollins though. Sick being sick. That was good fun. Yeah, the, <laughs> I was like, okay, like, oh man, did they use clam chowder or what what did they use to have him fake throw up? I know, it was oh. quite a horrendous colour. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about anything else, or will I get things going for the quiz? Yeah, I don't really uh, watch much of this past Sunday anyway, so... Well, 
Drew McIntyre match, that's the best WWE title match I've seen since Kofi and Brian, so I had that going for it. Uh, I quite enjoyed most of the pay-per-view. I didn't watch the Swamp Fight, had no interest in it. <laughs> like literally none. I just skipped it and fast forwarded. The, 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 the problem is, right, the swamp thing is you've done it the wrong way around, in my opinion. Like, I get now Fiend. The Fiend is a big boss that he's going to face at WrestleMania at SummerSlam, and ultimately probably lose too. Mm-hmm. Should have been the other way around, in my opinion. It should have been the Fiend now, and the big boss should have been the return of Bray Wyatt. Ah, that's just because you're a. How many times have yes. you watched that promo now? I've quite a lot. I've I've never liked uh, Swamp Cult Leader Bray Wyatt. I love The Fiend. Oh, you've hit a nerve there. Sorry. Sorry, Ricky. Here's the thing, right? I have never said, like, his in-ring ability is, you know, Daniel Bryan or anything like that. He's a solid I've always just loved the character. And I always remember his stuff in NXT and his stuff he like his promos when he first came up. I was like, "This is so different." But obviously, at some point, the promos mean nothing because you don't win big feuds. It was like it was the same with Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe is like could go toe to toe with anyone, Mike. But it's like that's a great promo, but you're going to lose. Like we all know you're losing, so I don't take you serious now, which is kind of shit because the stuff we all these promos with AJ and remember the promo that he came and cut when who was in the ring was it Randy Mustafa Ali I think Daniel Bryan was there Jeff Hardy Reigns. was there because he had the sick Jeff Hardy oh line. yes yes sit quiet in the corner like this is an AA meeting oh yeah. dear people Randy Orton was just kind of like laughing away yeah and even even his stuff uh, like a promo that I had with uh, Brock Lesnar yeah um you know, so Joe was great on the mic, but like I say, it's the same with Bray. At some point, you've got to give them big wins, like not even just a big one, but like consecutive big wins for people to be like start taking them serious. Yeah, I challenge you though. Go back and watch his promos from summer 2017 after he won the title shot. Like, watch that one with Paul Heyman. Watch the one the, the night after he lost the title shot. Because mm-hmm. he, op- he has such a great line. He's like, aren't we living in a wonderful fantasy land? Yep. Love it. And Joe was great. Yeah. Joe was... I actually might go back and watch some of that um, uh, old Impact TNA stuff with the X Division title, like Joe Daniels and AJ and stuff. Mm-hmm. I fucking miss those days. Yeah, it's worth your time, man. Oh, they were great. They were great. You've got such a, a reminiscing look on your face right now, Ricky. Because it was just, it was awesome. And then when Kurt Angle went there as well, like Angle's debut, badass, where he headbutt yeah. Joe and Joe pops back up and he's bleeding and you're like... Oh. I watched yeah. that the other day, actually. That was sensational stuff. It lay, lays the title down in the middle of the ring and it's like, that's the line. Come cross yeah. it if you want. The the oh, world impact impact was fucking great. It was it was back in the day. I've no I will admit I've not seen much of impact recently. But mid two thousands was excellent. Pay-per-view. Right, so just to um, clarify what Caleb and Ricky had. Caleb had American Alpha versus Revival, Volta versus Pete Dunn, Ricochet, Cole, EC three, Killing Dane, Lars Sullivan, Velveteen Dream, the ladder match in New Orleans. 
Sasha Banks and Bailey at Brooklyn One, Gargano and Champa, the unsanctioned match, and Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville. Ricky had the same ladder match, uh, Undisputed Era versus Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle for the tag titles at Portland, Sasha Bailey again, Gargano Champa again, Volter versus Tyler Bate for the UK title in Cardiff, and Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. So those are the two. Myself and hopefully once we get everything sorted and Rance Morris will return to the show for the first time in quite a while. We'll go over our takeovers and then we'll see what we're doing. We might get another guest on or two, we don't know, but if not, we'll do some listener ones. Yeah, we, have, we, we spoke about a guest and I don't think I, neither of us have reached out to that guest as yet. No. but We, we should, probably should do that yeah, soon. I, we should. <laughs> right. um, see if like, he's actually available. By the way, off the top of my head, like I was tempted to also go Grizzled Young Vets versus uh, Mustache Mountain from Blackpool One as my like Miranda. Thought it was a great, and I was there live. I thought it was great. Aye, aye. Don't you worry, we'll be talking about that one soon, ladies and gents. Right, quiz time. Yep. Yep. Right, Ricky, you've got the quiz for us this week. Before we start quizzing ourselves and doing some wrestling tests, let's talk about our testies and why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer, so you're talking like Randy Orton, The Rock, all those chaps and chapettes. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nicked free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Um, I can test, I can attest to that. It was a very smooth experience. I mean, I'm a wee bit itchy now and, then, now and again, mind you, but that doesn't, that's usually the case. In terms of actual sort of nicking accidents and blood and guts and all that shit, Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. I can tell you this is a premium service, and I mean premium, because if you've got a lot of, a lot of bush down there, the battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can have a longer shave. Uh, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Why you'd want to do that when it's all matted and stuff like that, I don't know. I think you need a, a dry pube, personally speaking. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Also, I can attest to that. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 revs per minute motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about that charging stand. Sleek, beautiful. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Although I have to say, America, your plug sockets with your two prongs it's almost almost as bad as spelling colour without the U. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand because I finally did experience it firsthand and it works a treat. And it also came to my rescue when my normal day was the lawnmower 3.0 to sort of tidy up my face. I can confirm that I did tidy and clean and sanitise the lawnmower before using on my face. I don't have any sort of puberonavirus or anything like that. So make sure trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping. If you go to manscaped.com and put in the, so, the suplex as the promo code, believe me, your balls and your chin and maybe some other people's chins will thank you. 
It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. I hope. Hey, yes, I do. I do. Let me just. Is it an edge quiz? <laughs> but I, I actually didn't finish doing the quiz, so it's only going to be eight questions. So if we finish for each, I'll think of a question on the spot. What the, what right. is the theme of the quiz? NXT? NXT. Good, good. Caleb, what's your so. buzzer again? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dummy Yeah this time. And mine's is It's True, It's Damn True. Uh, right, so question number one. I remember that Caleb had a brutal memory last time, so I may as well just... Yes, he absolutely annihilated me, and it was like stuff that was like, I don't even remember any of that. Mm. <laughs> Like who the who was this random commissioner that appeared at Raw in nineteen ninety nine? On it wasn't this, that what big. The fuck? What colour of tie did they wear? <laughs> I don't even stood a chance. Right, here we go. So if I ever have another Ricky and Clive uh, quiz invitational, Caleb will be on it this time. Um, right, question one: At which takeover did KO beat Sami Zayn for the title? Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Oh my goodness, that was... I can't pick, so... Both of you just say your answer at the same time on three, because it was was close. One, two, three. Rival. Take over rival. Correct. Okay. One point each. Same pay-per-view. Who competed in the number one contenders match the same night? Dummy, yeah. Yep. This was Finn Balor and Adrian Neville. Correct. Here we go. Same pay-per-view. Very good match, that one. Yes. Yep. Same pay-per-view. Who won the women's title match? Oh, Dummy true, out. Oh, Caleb again. Lasher Banks. Correct. Question number four. Whose title reign lasted longer? You love these questions. Shana's second reign or Asuka's reign? Dummy, yeah. Yep. Asuka. Correct. By something like 100 days. Really? Yep. Then she had to forfeit. Question number five. Andrade Almas beat who in his debut? Dummy, yeah. Uh, Ty Dillinger. Correct. Question number six. Um, what I might do... Well, in fact, we'll see how it goes. How many different wrestlers have held the NXT Championship? Dummy. Oh, yeah. For fuck's sake. Yep. Give, give me one second here. Uh, I'm going to say... This is a guess. I'm going to say... Six, no, 15. It's incorrect, Clive. 18. How many? 18. It's also incorrect. What is it then? I'll, I'll allow you to have one more guess each. Uh, First 16. Dummy, uh, yeah. It's incorrect. Damn it. Oh, it's true, it's damn true. 17. Correct. <laughs> I knew it was... I'd, I was obviously close with 18, it was 17 or 18, yep. and I was wondering if Keith Lee was the 18th, but 17th. No. 
So how many tit- how many reigns has there been in total? Oh, dummy, yeah. Yep. If we have eighteen champions. That would be twenty title reigns. We have seventeen champions. <laughs> God damn it! So that's incorrect, Clive. Uh, nineteen. <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> that's correct. Nineteen. Oh, wait, 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 let, let me see it. You've got one, two, two, one, Caleb. Three, one, Caleb. Four, one, Caleb. One, two, four, three. Right, here we go. Is this to make it a tiebreaker? So four, yep, four, three. Come on, Caleb. I can't be bothered thinking of another question. <laughs> who are the two men who have had multiple reigns? Dummy, yeah. Yep. Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Correct. See, my answer Caleb was going to be. My answer was going to nice. be Danny Hodge. That was my answer. <laughs> oh man, Charlie Haas is the true Oklahoma legend. <laughs> I've got some word salad on the go here today. Oh gee. Well done, Caleb. Another quiz victory under your belt. Thank you. You had me really scared with that, and the. I gave away the most or the total reigns you number. Did. I know I did. <laughs> you did. That was that was a good show. I think. Yeah. We need to figure out how we're going to pick a winner if we do the competition again. I uh, we'll we'll have a good chinwag about it. Because I don't even know how you pick who was a better card tonight. Um, I think I know you're probably going to say Caleb's because you weren't impressed with my two other matches because I think you, you said you prefer the Pete Dunne match and you were a bit surprised at when we undisputed there in Brosa I, I prefer the American Alpha and thing we saw yes Caleb's was better <laughs> like objectively <laughs> better oh well but I'm not a fan of the ladder match so you've both got that against you uh, right so ladies and gents if you've enjoyed this episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show this week be sure to check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network such as One Nation Radio Keeping It Strong Style Grown Men Watch This Shit Get In The Ring and All Things Elite uh, make sure to give those the podcast a 5 star review on the app of your choice although I believe Apple are quite good with the good old fashioned algorithms and all that stuff if you want those podcasts sent directly to your email inbox, then head over to socialsuplex.com and click subscribe. You'll also get the columns that we do there as well. Speaking of columns, you can read my brand extension series over at wrestlingheadlines.com. It usually drops every second Thursday. Um, with regards to other social media stuff, if you go into Facebook, check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, drop an invite or request to come into the group and chat along with us with the things all to do with wrestling and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter if you want to get us a t-shirt then go over to prowrestlingtees.net you can get a Ricky and Clive t-shirt and a few other social suplex ones you can also donate directly to the show give us some pocket money to keep the hardware and software going for the podcasts and do not forget to make the most of yours or your loved ones bollocks for 20% off by going over to manscaped.com and using the suplex promo code at checkout. There you are. So, check out the show notes on this podcast, the show notes at the bottom, 
All your hyperlinks are there for you and yours. Caleb, do you want to do give your plugs? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. That's I A M C A L E B, and then another B. You can follow my hero cast. Now, the basic concept of that is me and my friend Eddie were reviewing superhero movies, and we're doing it in chronological order. We just recently reviewed the uh, Hidden Gem of uh, 1990s Captain America, and by God, was it awful! I remember um, that. Yeah, that that episode will drop in like I think three weeks because we 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 uh, we bank those. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently started another short form podcast. We do it on Anchor. It's called Shallow Impact. So if you like Impact Wrestling or me or both, you can listen to Shallow Impact on basically any podcasting uh, app of your choice as well. Yep. The yeah that Captain America that Captain America film was absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's pretty bad. Did you see my Facebook story the other day? No, I've not even got Facebook. Oh, okay. And I have, I'm rarely on Facebook. I did post mm-hmm. a magic trick on Facebook today. I saw that on Twitter. What's your story, Caleb? Oh, uh, so there's a scene. After they give Cap the uh, super soldier serum, this Nazi defector comes in. We don't know he's a Nazi defector yet, but he comes in, he congratulates the doctor... He says, you know, remarkable work, Dr. So-and-so. Extends his head for a handshake, says, congratulations. Heil Hitler pulls out a gun, shoots the doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's, it does sound it. I remember that being on BBC Two over here and thinking that looked all right, but if I imagine if I watched it now, especially compared to uh, Winter Soldier, which was my favourite Marvel film. Mm-hmm. It yeah. pale in I comparison. Agree. You but, say Winter Soldier is your favourite Marvel film, huh? Yes. What do you have going on in about two years? <laughs> You're talking about your podcast. I yes, am, sir. I I um I have a not a love hate. I have a enjoy very much enjoy and very much sometimes don't like relationship with the Marvel films, and I'm not very public with them. I'll say it to now and again, but Winter Soldier that's up there for me. I thought that was excellent. Yeah, like my favourite Marvel film is um, Henry Cavill and Superman. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, for sure. This is going oh, to that, that's, that's DC, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm. Yeah, see, I don't know shit. Uh, uh, oh, I don't like that film though. And what? Caleb's asked me to come on like that podcast, and I'm like, I don't even have a clue of any of these films are like, and I need to try and watch it. Man of Steel was it? Watch, I will. Man, watch Man Blade. Man of Steel. Blade. As yeah, Blade's a Marvel character. All right, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. That's why a lot of people thought um, Black Panther was the first black-led superhero movie to come out. Oh, right. Yeah. I watched Ant-Man. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm not big on Ant-Man, to be honest with you. But I'll tell you... It's a small thing in that film, watches it. Jesus. I knew as soon as I said I'm not big on Ant-Man that Brian would make a joke. Yeah. I can't help it. I, I understand. Uh, I've watched Fantastic Four. Oh, God. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I've watched... Let me see. What else? I've obviously watched Man of Steel. Uh, I've watched Bits of Aquaman. I had to stop watching. I had to stop watching because I was just 
Jason Marmos or whatever you say his surname is just too dreamy I get lost um, yeah I don't think I've watched much else I watched Captain America right now the other day which one? Uh, I don't even know the one in from like 2011 or I think it was so the first one okay yeah I, I don't know <laughs> I have no idea I don't know about Marvel and DC uh, although although I have watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the cartoon one about a million times oh, that's very good I quite like that one actually I'm guessing I'm guessing the boys have made you watch that one yes Miles Morales yep so uh, Ricky anything <laughs> wrestling you want to say before we go um, no no okay no. <laughs> Caleb thank you for coming on it was a joy to speak thanks to you thanks for having again. me Ricky, thanks for being here. As always, I'll be here next week again. Yep. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, oh, I should apologise for the, the day late this week. Just wanted to make sure we got Caleb on and this was the night he was available. I'm sure you'll be happy with that. Hopefully back to normal back next week and we'll speak to you then. Good night. Take care, folks. God bless you. Good and tight. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.